Hello, demon lovers. This is James Ippolitti. This is episode 17 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. What's that? Sounds like it's coming from the forest. Maybe we should go check it out. That's, uh... That, my friends, is the playful and mischievous nature of our demon for this episode, Pan. It burns! Oh, it burns! They're coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! All right. We're going to get into Pan in just a minute, but a couple things I want to get out of the way. One is there is a Krampus Funko Pop giveaway that will happen on Christmas Eve, December 24th on the year 2022, just so you know, in case you're listening to this in the future. And so it's the Krampus Funko Pop. It's flocked. It's a Hot Topic exclusive, and I will be picking a name from my newsletter list. It's in the show notes for this episode. If you're on my Instagram or TikTok, you can go to the bio. You can find the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter because Friday I will be, is it Friday or Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Saturday I will be picking a winner for the Funko Krampus Funko Pop. All right. That was a little weird. I got a hair in my mouth. So when you're part of the newsletter, I send out a newsletter every week, and the Real Demons of Pop Culture coloring book, which is going to consist, it's the volume one, it's going to have 24 of the Lesser Key of Solomon Demons. Uh, the first 24 will be in this coloring book, and I will be revealing some of the artwork as it's being produced by my friend Chris Blake Sasser, and you can get sneak peeks as well as all the information of what's going on. You're like, won't miss anything if you end up on the newsletter. Another thing I would love for you to do is I have a Patreon, and I will put the link in the show notes. And for just $3 a month, that's like the price of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. And if you get any value out of this podcast or you really want to support it so I can keep doing these episodes just $3 a month, and you will get a shout-out at the end of the episode right before I reveal the magic number. So you can go to the Patreon link. $3 a month is all you have to. There's other tiers, but I don't even care about that. I'm just trying to get something off the ground here. So uh, that would really help support this show so I can go even further with a lot of the things we have planned um, it takes a lot of my time to put these shows together and to do the TikTok videos and the YouTube videos, which, by the way, the YouTube video uh, just launched for episode two of How to Sell Your Soul for Rock and Roll. It's a very silly episode, but they will be eventually teaching you how to use like Logic Pro and write songs, which is my goal for that kind of uh, YouTube channel is if you're interested in learning about songwriting or watching the behind the scenes of songwriting and also with a funny twist of selling your soul to the devil in order to become famous, um, that will be the YouTube show 
And again, I throw things up against the wall to see what sticks. And so whatever it looks like now, a year from now, I expect it to be a little bit more um, solidified in the concept. But right now, it's just going to be, I just want to have fun with it and uh, be silly. If you don't follow me on TikTok, you can find me on TikTok at James Ability. I do a lot of, um, basically, my, it's called my satanic panic, where if there's something in the news relating to the devil made them do it kind of crime, I will put stuff up about that. I talk about the, uh, the satanic panic in the 80s. I talk about superstition, all kinds of stuff on TikTok. And on Instagram, I kind of have... Uh, mostly like behind the scenes photos and things and it instagram is at james underscore ipolity there is another james ipolity i wish that guy would like get off instagram so i can have the other handle kind of sucks because i'm james ipolity on everything but on instagram i'm underscore ipolity james underscore ipolity so let's do the magic number so i'm going to think of a number between one and 50 i don't remember hitting the crickets but anyway, it happened. Uh, I'm going to pick a number between one, one and 50, and I'm going to count down three, two, one, think of the number, and then you're going to try to guess what it is, and at the end of the episode, I'll reveal the number. So here we go. Three, two, one. All right. So I hope you wrote that number down. Stick around for the end of the episode for the reveal of the number, and let's get into the episode. Pan was a figure from Greek mythology who was known for his playful and mischievous nature. He was the god of the wild, shepherds, and flocks, and he was often depicted with horns, legs, and the tail of a goat. So according to legend, Pan was the son of Hermes, the messenger of the gods, and a nymph named Dryope. I don't know if I'm saying it. It could be Dryope, Dryope, D-R-Y-O-P-E. He was born in Arcadia, a region of Greece known for its rugged and mountainous landscape. His mom was not really happy with the way he looked because um, he was born like Goat Man. Hey, you remember that SNL skit, Goat Boy? If you haven't, go check it up on YouTube. I just forgot about that completely, and I just popped in my head. As a god of the wild, Pan was associated with the forest and the countryside, and he was often depicted playing his Pan Pipes. I just made that little melody up before I started the show. So he is often depicted playing his panpipes and chasing nymphs. He was also known for his lusty and amorous nature, and he was often depicted engaging in various sexual exploits. Ooh, naughty Pan. Despite his playful and carefree nature, Pan was also a god of fear and panic, which that's where the word panic comes from, Pan, um, which is kind of interesting. I never knew that. He was also sometimes associated with the darker aspects of the wild. He was said to be able to cause sudden and overwhelming fear in those who crossed his path, hence the word panic. And he was often invoked in times of war and conflict. Overall, Pan was a complex and multifaceted figure in Greek mythology, and his legacy has continued to inspire and fascinate people for thousands of years. Once Christianity started taking over and it became like the religion of the empire, all of the former gods were demonized. Because Pan's nature was about sex, right, lustful and amorous, and back in Greek mythology, during that time, sex wasn't this evil thing that Christianity made it out to be. And so 
because Pan represented that, he began to represent evil. And so let's talk about the devil and Pan. So the devil's a figure, obviously, we talk about it a lot on this show, but it's a figure that appears in many different cultures and religions. And the devil is often depicted as being of immense power and malevolence. The specific appearance of the devil varies depending on the context and the cultural traditions in which he is portrayed. In some traditions, the devil is depicted as having horns, cloven hooves, and a tail similar to the appearance of the Greek god Pan. And this is likely because Pan was a god who was associated with the wild, sexuality, and chaos. And these qualities were also associated with the devil in many cultural traditions. But it is important to note that the appearance of the devil is not consistent across all traditions, and he may be depicted in many different ways. For example, in some traditions, the devil is portrayed as a human-like figure with horns and a tail, while in others he is portrayed as a serpent or a dragon. Overall, while the appearance of the devil may have been inspired by the Greek god Pan in some traditions, it's not a universal characteristic and should not be assumed to be true in all contexts. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, we will be talking so much about the devil and so much about how the devil evolved. And I think that to me, that's the most interesting thing about religion and demonology is that there is a clear evolution of the characters in each religion and each demon you can see how we got from and for example the word satan in the hebrew original text did not it was not a character it meant somebody who was um obstructing you like somebody who would get in the way an adversary and satan the word satan original meaning was just that God would send somebody in your path to block your way or to prevent you or basically make your day kind of shitty, right? You get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I should have stayed in bed. That's because the Satan uh, was effing with your day. And so that's like a very early, 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 early origin of the word. And it, it eventually evolved over hundreds of years to become the character we now know as Satan. And that is why we even have the look of Satan. If you look at some of the um, early, early depictions of the devil, they're not necessarily even close to Pan, but eventually it does get closer to Pan um, with the goatee and the, the legs. And the, even like the pitchfork is not from Pan, but from Poseidon. Right, So they take certain aspects of different gods, and that's how we end up with this modern-day view of a devil. Um, so it's, I think most people don't know the history of all this stuff, so they just assume that's always the way it's been, but it's not. And um, I think it's kind of sad. So let me go back to when Christianity was taken over. There was this saying... Pan is dead. And, you know, it was like the old gods are no longer being used because Christianity took over and everything else is now demonized. So Pan is dead. But I don't believe Pan is dead. I think if anything, Pan is having a resurgence in today's day and age. And um, I do personally dislike the way 
all these beautiful cultures have been given a negative um, rewrite. And I think there's a lot of great things about Pan, especially because, you know, Pan was celebrated in nature. Um, they didn't have temples for Pan. You would actually go out in the woods to worship Pan. And so people would go out in the woods and they'd worship Pan. And eventually this also turned into a view of witchcraft because they would go out. It was all speculation. You know, witches would go out into the woods and have orgies and things like that is what people thought they were doing out there. Um, and this was just a hang up from the old days where people would go worship Pan in the forest and therefore the Christians come along and say, oh, what are they doing out in the forest? Oh, I bet they're having orgies. Yeah, that's right. They're worshiping the devil. And so you can see where all this stuff, it's almost like Monty Python where it's like, she's a witch. It's like this very naive mindset that just jumps to these radical con conclusions, but with dire consequences. Um, it's very dangerous stuff to, to believe in things without evidence. Pan, though, has been portrayed in many different ways in pop culture. And because he's a figure from Greek mythology, he's appeared in many works of fiction and art that are based on or inspired by Greek myths. One of the most famous portrayals is Pan in Peter Pan, the novel and play and all that stuff. Now, the, there's not much when we talk about Pan, uh, Peter Pan, that matches Pan with the exception of like his playful nature and he plays the flute. So, you know, Peter Pan has some very small influences of the Greek Pan. He is depicted as a mischievous and playful boy who never grows up, lives in Neverland, has all these adventures with the uh, Lost Boys and Tinkerbell, but there's not much uh, sexuality stuff going on there. So, you know, he's not very, it's not like, unless you watch like an erotic Peter Pan, there's not much that comes from the Greek Pan, uh, which I don't, I don't ever want to see an erotic Peter Pan. That sounds very, sounds illegal. He also appeared in many other works of fiction, including novels, plays, films, TV shows. He's often depicted as a wild and unpredictable feature with a love of music and a fondness for nymphs and mythical creatures, other mythical creatures, I must say. In recent years, he's been featured in video games and other forms of popular media. He's often portrayed as a powerful and fearsome character with magical abilities and a connection to the natural world, which I love that part of him. Overall, he's been portrayed in many different ways in popular culture, and his character and appearance continue to evolve and be reinterpreted by artists and storytellers. So how did Pan spend his days? He spent most of his days running and playing through the forest and fields, chasing after rabbits, squirrels, and causing mischief wherever he went, which sounds a lot like my dog Piper, who always is with me on the floor when I'm recording these episodes. He was gifted with incredible speed and agility, and he was able to outrun and outmaneuver any creature that he came across. He was also blessed with the ability to speak to animals, and he spent many hours conversing with the creatures of the forest. Hello, bird. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, Pan, just the same old, same old. Oh, well, maybe we should go do something. Hey, I'm just going to hang out here for a while. Why don't you ask Rabbit? Oh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go. One day while exploring the forest, Pan stumbled upon a beautiful maiden named Syrinx. Syrinx was a nymph who lived deep in the forest, and she was known for her incredible beauty and grace. Pan was immediately smitten with Syrinx, and he spent every moment he could trying to win her heart, 
but Syrinx was not interested in Pan's advances, and she did her best to avoid him. She knew that Pan was a wild and unpredictable creature, and she was not interested in getting involved with him. But Pan was determined to win her over, and he pursued her relentlessly. So he, in this story, Pan so far is a stalker, and he doesn't understand that no means no. So we're not learning any good lessons yet. Let's find out how Pan solves this uh, dilemma. So finally, Syrinx had enough, and she fled deep into the forest, trying to escape from Pan. But Pan was too quick for her, and he caught up to her in a clearing. Syrinx pleaded with Pan to leave her alone, but he would not listen. In desperation, Syrinx called out to the gods for help, and they answered her prayers. The gods transformed Syrinx into a patch of reeds, and Pan was left standing alone in the clearing. But even in her new form, Syrinx's beauty was undeniable, and Pan was still captivated by her. So now, Pan is a stalker who ends up chasing her. She's cornered. The gods turned her into a bunch of reeds, and he's still attracted her. So Pan's really creepy at this point. Um, so he picks up the reeds and fashioned them into a musical instrument, which he named the Pan Flute in honor of the nymph who had stolen his heart. Well, first of all... It would be the Syrinx flute if he named it after the the nymph. It's the pan flute. He named it after himself. I named it after myself because I'm a weird stalker god. From that day on, Pan roamed the forest playing his flute. Let's do that. From that day on, Pan roamed the forest playing his pan flute and spreading joy wherever he went. And though he never succeeded in winning Syrinx's heart, he found solace in the beautiful music that he was able to create. It's really not a good story. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, there you have it. Pan, the Greek god. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. And right now would be the time that I would shout out your name. By the way, I love the name. I know I'm tooting my own horn, but if you $3 a month, that uh, Patreon tier is called Shout at the Devil. So I give you a shout out on the show. I think that's fun. Um, so I would be announcing your name right now, and then we're going to do the reveal of the magic number. I think I threw you guys for a loop this week because the number is one. That's right. One. Did you get one? If you did, find me on social media and tell me that you got the number one. And I will be back in two weeks for a new episode about Leviathan. Let's end with some pan flute music. There you go. All right, peace. And find me online and say hi. It's very lonely. You know, I listen to the Crime Junkies, and she always has her little partner. I don't have a partner. So it's really be wonderful if you can say hi to me online um, so I know you're listening because I know you're out there. I know you're listening. I can see the numbers. All right, everyone. Have a good two weeks. I'll be back. And also, newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter so you can have a chance to win this week your Funko Pop Krampus. Bye-bye.
Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippoliti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.